episode 13 of Between Kick Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, are my two good friends, Ray Volo and Dean Montalbano. In today's episode, we will be doing our final player evaluations with the quarterbacks, a group that has been much scrutinized throughout this process. But as the draft is very shortly approaching, it'll be interesting to see where these guys land when it's all said and done, and how many of these guys actually do end up as first round quarterbacks um, and where they end up, fellas, how we feeling last player evaluations. Finally sucks that we have to end on this group, but obviously the most important position on the football field deserves its respect. Yeah. I mean, I was ready to just tell this position to go fuck off, but we got a little <laughs> pressure from the uh, fans and we crumbled like a house of cards, but we really did. We, I mean, that being said, you're right. Most important position in sports. So let's pay the respect it deserves. All right, let's get right to it. Um, we're going to go through these top five, and then we will talk about um, some possible landing spots for these guys. But we'll start with Ray. Ray, give me your number five quarterback uh, on your board. Uh, at five, I'm going uh, Desmond Ritter. And this was hard for me because I'm such a Cincinnati uh, little stan with Luke Fickle there. Always gave, always root for them in, out of uh, like the non-Power 5 schools. And I love Ritter. Like he's been what four, three, three year, four year starter. He's got the ideal size. He's got a great arm, but there's just I just don't think he's at that level yet to be able to come in and and even compete for a starting job. To be honest, um, so just some pros. Like I said, elites like perfect size for a quarterback and elite athleticism with that four five two forty, and. To be honest, he's got one of the stronger arms in the draft. I, I would say probably top three arm strength in the draft. Um, the problems are he kind of has that thing that Josh Allen had when he came out where he just doesn't really know how to throw with touch, and when he does, it just doesn't look natural. Um, he's got some of that Christian Hackenberg uh, vibe where his feet just get completely lazy at a shotgun, and he just like gets the ball, stands sails, and tries to fire it, and just it just leads to complete like kind of like uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, just inaccuracies all over the place, just inconsistent. And then just mentally, it just doesn't look like he gets off his reads fast enough. Um, so I feel like he's probably going to be a, like a third round, maybe I feel like where I would rate him personally, actually would be a third round, maybe like early four. And he's just going to have to come in and just learn on the job and like just develop behind like a, hopefully like a starter. It He probably won't be able to, like see the field for a couple of years, in my opinion, he has the tools. So maybe if he gets in with a right coaching staff, he could become a starter eventually. But uh, I think he's a little bit, a little ways away from that. Yeah. It's been interesting the last, what, like week and a half, two weeks when all these teams have been doing their um, evaluations and getting guys in the building for interviews. This guy has just shot up boards so fast and, Everything you hear about this guy is he's a leader, he's a winner, and all teams are like, that's the like that's what we want out of our quarterback. Um, Those are good traits out, too. Out, Yo. I mean, for a, a guy that you want leading your team, right? Like the last guy in, last guy out. So it's the age old men and mentality, but um, it really is true for for quarterbacks. You need to be willing to put in the work, um, and this guy is. Um, on all accounts, but I'm completely in agreement with you. Just 
Um, his eyes don't always match what his arms trying to do. Um, and just way too many inconsistent throws, uh, especially down the field too. I feel like he misses a ton. And um, that being said though, he has the tools. And then, like you said, like the leadership and just like the intangible qualities, like, Maybe day two isn't too rich for him, but he's going to have to sit and learn, in my opinion. I mean, people are talking about day one, possibly. Yeah, that's what I mean. They People, I mean, I think there's only one day one quarterback who actually should be going day one. And even that's like a little bit of a stretch. So, I mean, that's just the position demand being driven up for like the evaluations, you know? I mean, yeah, quarterbacks, uh, quarterbacks will always be overdrafted for obvious reason. Fucking Brandon Weeden was 28 one in the first round or 27. Yeah. But Brandon Weeden is a god among men. The, the, the way they get good and the way they stay good is having these quarterbacks on these rookie deals. That fifth year is really, really important for teams. So true. Uh, um, so Dean, talk to me about your number five guy. Who you got? Yeah, my number five is going to be the quarterback out of UNC in Sam Howell. Highly recruited out. Started really strong. Uh, he had an obvious steep decline from 20 to 21 after you know that loss of NFL talent for sure. Obviously, you think of the both running backs, Javante Williams and Michael Carter, and then uh, Deami Brown, who, uh, right? Yeah, Deami Brown and, and Daz Newsom. Yes, and Daz Newsom. Thank you very much. But uh, and, and for that reason alone, I, I can see a team overlook the 21 season uh, for the ability Howell showed. But uh, I, I personally can't. Uh, I've said a hundred times on this podcast how much I dislike this group. And I think Ray said it, said it best. Uh, I only as well have one guy, uh, my number one rated as a back end of the one back end of a one uh, grade. Uh, I think everyone else should be two, three, probably four. I see Sam Howell as a, a fourth round quarterback. Again, he probably won't make it out of the second for the reasons that we just said. And I just don't see it. He's so inconsistent all year. And I don't know. I saw no resiliency, especially against that in that Virginia Tech game. One of his worst tape. Uh, they were just kind of draining clock. And he looked horrible. And he, he honestly looked like he gives up at some points. And uh, on top of the lack of ability, I mean, I know he's a four-star recruit, but he showed none of that last year. And you need to make up for it with intangibles. And I didn't see that from Sam Howell last year. Yeah. Uh, I differ in the giving up. I didn't really see that too much um, in his tape. I think this guy's a fighter. Um, I don't love his mechanics. And it's really – sometimes it's hard to watch their games because – in that scheme that they play, they manufacture a ton of throws. It's like a lot of one read stuff. It's all college nowadays. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's tough to like project him making multiple reads. And I, that's going to be an area he's going to work on. He's definitely, he's not playing year one um, or even probably even year two. So it's tough. Um, but I do like the way he battled in a lot of games. I mean, he lost more like 75% of his offense from 2020 to 2021 in terms of yardage, like it's really hard to overcome that, that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm with you with the inconsistencies that he had, um, especially down the red zone. He had I don't know. That, it's the only way I can justify his inconsistencies. He was just, I mean, yeah, like, battle back. I think big red flag was the, uh, the red, the red zone to inconsistencies. He mm -hmm. misses so many fucking throws in the red zone. He had a 
couple of really bad interceptions in the red zone uh, that I hate. You got to protect the ball down there. Um, so, Ray, talk to me about your number four. Uh, for me, it's going to be Malik Willis. Ooh. I know. Yeah, I know. Ooh. Ooh. But, I mean, it wasn't I surprised. Wish I, had, if you, I wish I had those balls. Well, yeah, it wasn't. It's not a surprise if you just know what I've been saying for the last decade about playing quarterback. I mean, I just don't value the – I know it's a new game today. I just still just don't value the running as much as I do other people do, I guess. I mean, that's just – I think at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, if you're a quarterback in this league, if you're going to be a first-round draft pick and you're going to be a franchise quarterback, you have to win from the pocket. And him playing at Liberty and even at the lower level, he just doesn't really do it. Um, that being said, his pros – I think he's probably got the strongest arm in the class. I mean, not even probably – he's got the strongest arm in the class. Uh, a, a, the ball flies off his hand. Uh, the running ability is elite. I just don't value it that much as much as other people do. And I, I like the one thing about that, like, may even, like, bring that up for what I usually, like, value it is that he does have a solid frame. He's kind of built like a running back where he will be able to withstand some of those hits more often. But and as a quarterback, I think the lack of height is a little concerning, not as much nowadays. He played against lower-level competition. I think you have to take that into account. And then his footwork is just – I just was not a fan of it. I felt like when the when his first read wasn't there and he felt pressure, he just turned into a runner like that and wouldn't really keep his eyes downfield, didn't try to work and stay within the pocket. Like, well, yeah. And I just I, that's, to me, I feel like it's just hard to change someone's mentality to, that, hey, your quarterback pass. I feel like if when you, your first instinct is a run, it's just that's a red flag and it's just not going to work at the next level as much. I know it. I know a lot of people think it will nowadays because it, it's happening more and more, but I think at the end of the day, if you want to win, you got to be able to throw, you got to be able to work through the traffic and throw. Yeah, those guys who can run, like they, those guys always semi succeed initially when they're just learning about the NFL, when teams don't have tape on them really. Um, but I'm with you. You got to be able to throw from the pocket. I mean, that being said, I think he's, I think he, in a normal draft, I think I wouldn't mind taking him on day two, try to be a developmental starter, develop, developmental starter. I fucking struggle saying that like five times today. And right out of the gate, you're going to, if you're a good offensive coordinator, you're going to have a package for him right out of the gate. Red zone, short yardage, because that athletic ability is rare. So, I mean, he'll be on the field immediately. Just, I just don't see him being a franchise guy. Dean, who'd you got at number four? Yeah, my number four is going to be the quarterback at Ole Miss. I kind of just last second moved him from three to four. And I'll definitely get into that when I get to three. Um, small frame is definitely a concern for a QB who could be gritty and run, and that's arguably his best trait. Uh, he's six foot, around 200 pounds. It uh, definitely concerns you, but he shows solid consistency in the accuracy department. And Ray was kind of harping on it that, that that can't go understated. It really can't. And you could definitely, when you're talking about Corral, you, he pairs it with sufficient arm strength for sure. Like everyone else on this list besides Pickett, he, he's also a, pro, a project. I strictly have three and two over him because I see them as projects, but uh, I, I will I will put my freaking NFL GM hat on and kind of go a little bit more with the traits if I'm going to put them in the same aspect or same tier as developmental. Uh, I will still buy out on traits. Yeah. I, I mean – 
I don't like love him as a player, but fuck, I respect this guy so much. This guy, fuck it, this guy's a grinder. And if if I was a team that needed a quarterback, maybe needed a backup quarterback, I'd fucking love to have this guy on my team. I think he had a great a great opportunity at this in this draft process to propel himself to the one area, um, especially in the beginning of the draft process when he was being it's tough. He got hurt in the last in the bowl. eleven, but he got he got hurt. He wasn't able to go to the senior bowl. And even though these all these quarterbacks that went, because all everyone else went and they didn't really differentiate themselves other than maybe Malik Willis when he was throwing through rain because he has a strong arm. I don't see how that's a fucking plus. I knew he had a strong arm, but uh, I, he really should be kind of around that area. Again, I, I just put him at four for, for, for those reasons. I think he kind of missed out. Definitely opportunity costs, but that's just injury. It's not on him. Yeah, tough one. Um, so we're at Ray's number three. Ray, who you got here? Uh, I'm going with my boy Sam Howell. Um, I know he's we like we said earlier he struggled this past year, but he lost so much offensive talent. Uh, he's he's gritty as all hell. I love that about him. I know it's pretty basic, but I see there is a lot of Baker in him in the way he plays. But um, I also see a little Mason Rudolph. Just the fact that he has that he has that touch deep ball accuracy. I really love his deep ball. I think he has the best deep ball in the class. Um, he throws a really good touch, and he's got enough arm strength to get it out there. Um, some of the cons he he has this weird habit where he just keeps tapping the football in the pocket, which is just going to lead that's going to lead the fucking issues to the next level. We've seen it time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he his pocket awareness, I guess, couples with that. It's just a real big red flag. Like that's gonna have to get worked on before he can get become a starter. And he doesn't know how to slide. And that's again, I it's weird because that's a trait uh, like all four of the quarter all these quarterbacks have. Like they just don't slide. Yeah. I guess they're playing at college. They just they think say Corral doesn't slide either. Yeah, none of these guys. <laughs> I real get down on all of them. They just don't slide. But um, I could yeah. I see him being a. I see him being a really good backup in the NFL. I think he he's the type of guy who can like come in and like win you a couple of games if your if your starter goes down. Maybe eventually develop into like a bridge guy like on a second contract. Maybe get a deal. But um, yeah. I mean, it's just to, to poor class. He's ranked number three. Um, I think it, he'll probably go on day two. Cool, Dean. Who you got at three? Yeah, at three I got Desmond Renner. Uh, I wrote down two things when I watched this tape. I wrote down winner, 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 and proven leader on the field. Uh, I think I think his stumble under the big lights against Bama this year in the semis shouldn't be weighed as much as it did, in my opinion. Uh, I, I believe, you know, I believe the momentum he has made this draft process warrants uh, where he should be around. I think he definitely, you know, I, again, I have probably a, a front of the third uh great on him but obviously compensating for the quarterback class i i i would not be shocked and i f- see that I, I would feel that a front end of the two for a team that loves him maybe maybe even the second pick number 33 for for uh for the lions well that they would obviously take him at 32 if that was the case for the fifth year option but i i, I wouldn't think it'd be crazy this guy has great traits, and I, I definitely can see a team falling in love with him. I, I just love – same thing with my second guy. This is going to be a guy who works tirelessly, tirelessly. I mean, a lot of these guys really do have good work ethic. 
um, you know, at the quarterback position, especially that's what you're going to need to have. Cause that's where you're going to have to con- in this position, you got to compensate the most for when you go from college to the NFL, cause it's just impossible to make that transition. It's, it's extremely, extremely hard to get out of those habits that you build in college. Cause a lot of these college offenses, they, they, they're not fucking built for you to be ready in the NFL back at the quarterback position. They want to win, obviously. So Desmond Ritter at three. Yeah. And I just want to touch on something you said too, because I mean, I'm not the, the biggest fan of Ritter, but I completely agree with you that I felt like after that Bama game, like people were, people were acting like that was the only game he's ever played in. It was crazy. And yeah. Like, and that was like his Classic whole evaluation. Over, yeah. Obviously it's tough because plays at Cincinnati. He's not playing the best teams week in and week out. And that was a big chance for him to show it against a, a dominant team like that. But, but this guy's like 44 career wins in college. Like this guy knows how to, how to put games together and he does know how to win. Um, and it's tough. I don't think that that one game should be his end all be all. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously it was telling uh, about some of his inefficiencies. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up landing. Um, so Ray, you got uh, Ray number two here. Yeah. Uh, number two. I think this is pretty clear cut to be honest. Um, I think that it's a pretty clear second tier. I think he stands alone. It's going to be Matt Corral. Um, I was pleasantly surprised when I was watching his tape. Uh, he's got a lean build. It kind of, he kind of built like Zach Wilson, to be honest with you, even though Zach's fucking awk now. Yeah, Zach's uh, a little thicky boy. Yeah. yeah. But he, he's got like a, he's got like a real slender, like build similar to Zach. And, uh, but some of the pros, I think, I think he could really, let me just say this first, I guess I can really see him being the best quarterback in this class, just with age, all things considered age, uh, upside and all that stuff. Uh, he's got a really quick release, which I love. I think he, besides the number one guy, he probably, he works through his progressions the best out of all of them. He's quick to process. It seems like sure. Ole Miss, it's a real quarterback friendly offense, but um, still plays and his, his pocket mobility and, like escapability is probably it's top tier. It's going to play in the NFL. He's really good at getting out of the pocket, keeping his eyes down the field and delivering a strike on the run. Um, Some of the concerns, like I said, his lean frame and he's already, he's got some injuries. He gets beat up a little bit. And I think he could be a little too tough for his own good. That that could be a recipe for uh disaster. And surprisingly his arm strength wasn't as, I thought he was going to have like a rocket of an arm. He doesn't have the strongest arm, honestly. Out of all these guys, mm-hmm. I I maybe argue he has the weakest out of all these nah, top people. Guys. Say, people say Drew, Drew Brees, and I and I definitely see that. I it's see that a lot. Least. I see it as being sufficient, but definitely not up to t- not, not up to par with the rest of this. Group. Definitely, it's it's not. It, I'm not saying it's like a weakness or like a red flag or anything. It's just it's just not what I expected. I thought he was going to be a gunslinger. They have a rocket arm. He doesn't really yeah, throw the best kind of deep ta- ball. He kind of takes it from like the top of his head, and he doesn't extend it as, as much as the other guys. But it, you're right; it's a fucking it's a shot out of a cannon when he does when he does release it. Yeah, I think he's he's gonna be a guy you have to sit him his first year. Another one like you, I don't think you can throw him right into the fire. Let him sit and learn, and ideally in like a West Coast like spread type of offense. I think New Orleans makes a lot of sense for him, um, and just let him develop. I can see him developing into a, like a top. Like in that twelve to seventeen range, quarterback and just being uh, being really effective for whatever team drafts them if they're patient. 
it's tough to be patient nowadays, though. Very. Dean, who do you got at number two? At number two, I got Malik Willis. Uh, at the beginning of this process, I had Corral there. I just kind of want to touch on a note I wrote down before all the Malik Willis craze happened. I just put extremely careless with the football, but could see a team chase this kid's ceiling. I did not think it would get this overhyped by now, which is nuts. I mean, if he goes two or six or 11, I don't fucking know what to tell you. I, I just don't see it. I don't even see it at 20 to pit, but I guess I could be a little bit more behind it. Cause I, I would like to see what Tomlin can do with a project like Malik Willis, but you can't, his, you can't make up for his accuracy issues, but again, and I said this before uh, when I was touching on Desmond Ritter, this guy will be the epitome of first, first guy in last guy out. Um, he has all the traits for it is a rocket of an arm. And Again, I mean, this quarterback class, I don't have I don't have much to say about him, really. I, I don't know how you could say much more on Malik Willis. He, he, I, I guess if he just works tirelessly, he's just a developmental guy. Again, he's not a starter anytime soon, in my opinion, two or three years, probably like maybe three or four years out and the right coaching and a, the system built for him around him. It, it's possible. A lot of the concerns – that you have about Willis are the same concerns and honestly pretty similar play styles to Josh Allen when he was coming out. Mm-hmm. I mean, the accuracy, I think their percentages are, are fairly similar too. Um, and Josh Allen worked and arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. It's fucking That's what they said. The same thing we say right now about Malik is the same stuff being said about Josh Allen. It was Josh Allen was wildly overdrafted. Josh Allen stunk eyes. his rookie year and he stunk that second year too. He was like, he didn't stink. He was horrible. I, I remember thinking he was absolutely atrocious, atrocious the fucking second year. But like you said, I thought it was laughable. Teams are always going to chase that upside. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in a class like this, that is, lackluster and it's not that good top to bottom. you might as well take the guy that teams need. might might be great yeah team um, teams still need that quarterback so nonetheless these teams will be but i feel like everything that happened this offseason with that qb carousel and teams just doing crazy trades and crazy deals to get all these tried and true guys and some not even as tried and true uh, i feel like it's indicative that really as a whole the draft community is way too high on these guys on where they think they're going to go. I still don't think one goes in the top 12, top 15. Damn. I might I'll probably be, I'll probably be fucking dead wrong about that, but. Yeah. I think it might just be the nature of the position, but we'll yeah. see. It'll be really interesting. Um, so we're going to move to our number ones. Um, I'm assuming both of you will have Kenny Pickett at number one. So talk to me about Kenny Pickett. I mean, I kind of love his tape, to be honest with you. I hate uh, this guy, honestly. You hate him? Hate him. I hate him. I, I, when they put they they used to play Penn State a lot, but I watched this guy prior to this year. This guy was fucking miserable, and that's all I'll say. I mean, it's fair. I don't know. I one good year. I I agree, but like he, I love the way he throws the ball. His ball just looks fucking beautiful in the air. It looks really catchable. You, I, I came in thinking he's more like a finesse guy. Like his arm strength is be a real question. When he needs to get there, he has some zip on it. He's got plenty enough arm. 
Um, the way he gets through his reads, the way his like eyes and feet are connected going through those reads is is just picture perfect. It's what you want in a quarterback. And then also <clears throat> his his accuracy throwing on the run is great too. I think he's the only guy who can come in and start day one. Sure, he's like also the oldest guy, and that's going to need to happen. But he's I think he is definitely going to be able to play uh, year one. You're going to go through a little bit rocky start, but in the right scheme, right supporting cast, he can be, I think he can be at, like a, in that 12 to 15 range, like I was saying about Corral too. Yeah, uh, I love everything you just said about him because his two negatives that people tout, I, I can't hate them more. I, I genuinely can't. One is that he's old. Who gives a fuck? He's a quarterback. We have quarterbacks going absolutely forever. Um, and then two is is his uh, his arm strength, and oh. that goes with and I'm it correlates with his hand size, his hand size and his you know correlating with his arm strength and kind of it being it being compared to Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter's arm strength, which is which is obviously obviously going to be better. Malik Willis obviously fairly better, a decent step up. I don't think that should ever be a negative on Pickett. When I watched this tape, I saw it zero less than zero complaints when it came to arm arm strength. He, he gets it there for sure. He could do, he could have zip on it if he needs to. Uh, I, he did a ton of NFL throws that I personally loved that were like, kind of like uh, they were out routes and, and corner routes and those sideline hits that are right over the shoulder. Those are big time throws and he did them plentifully. And again, I have no idea if that's a fucking word, but I just put, you know, highest floor QB in the draft for sure. I can see a team with, a, you know, a great supporting cast and coaching love a high floor play like him. Um, and after seeing the success uh, with such a situation, uh, I think of Mac Jones and with the Pats. And I think if he gets to 20, I feel like that's a great, great, great situation over at the Steelers. He kind of reminds he reminds me a little bit of Tony Romo. He's got that like same Tony Romo, like the Sam Darnold kind of had that vibe coming out too. But I think he's just more he's just more like uh crisp. He's just more he's more ready. I just love the way he like works his feet and eyes together. I think that's like very important for a quarterback. And it just helps with the accuracy. I think it just shows. Yeah, I mean playing five years in a in an Arduzzi system. Um, I mean that fifth year blew up, but the first three years of him actually playing, he didn't really play too much his, his freshman year, but 58 completion percentage, 12, 16 touchdown interceptions, 60% completion, 13 to nine and 60 complete 60% completion, 13 to nine in his first three years of actually playing. Um, obviously the, this last year is he bolted up to 67% completion percentage over 4,000 yards and 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's just That's a bomb. massive, massive jump for a player um and maybe it is that he just has it all figured out maybe it is that he's fucking a grown-ass man playing his fifth fifth year in college and he's finally mastered college defenses um but i agree he's got the highest floor and i just don't know if this is a guy that ever wins you anything um he'll be a reliable starter and he'll be a great backup somewhere um but I guess we're yeah. splitting hairs. Just, just to, I just, guess it's a shitty quarterback group, so somebody's got to yeah. be the first guy. Just right? to one more time hammer it home, you know, comparison really is the thief of joy. I, I, I just hate when people 
Um, I hate when players, you know, prospects get compared parts of their game to other people in the class. And that's kind of the reason that they can be pulled down. And I just don't understand it when you just, you should be, in my opinion, I think you should be watching the guys singularly just head on them and make your, you know, make your decision and your, you know, your, your positives and your negatives, your pros, your cons, when you watch them individually. And again, with Pickett, I, I just don't get how those are two things that people take them down for. What was that saying you said? Comparison is the thief of joy. No, tat that, bro. That's fucking you. That's I, that's, tat that across your fucking chest. Blessings of My living. favorite quote. It's, it's <laughs> the fucking, hey, it's really is. Compare, especially in today's society, comparison really is the thief of joy. Dean's all get all philosophical. I love it. Oh, now he's a philosopher. (laughs) (laughs) He's a philosopher. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Before we wrap this up, um, just want to talk about some possible destinations for these quarterbacks. So Detroit has the second pick. Um, Mm -hmm. I talked about this possibly before um, we started recording. You guys don't believe this is a spot. It has been a mock spot for Malik Willis um, in the past few weeks. You guys don't think Detroit goes at two? No. Okay. We'll move I mean, to – I'm praying it does. <laughs> yeah, preach. Um, so, I think – I don't think the Giants take a quarterback. Um, we'll go to six at Carolina. Do you think they take a quarterback at six? I think that is a legitimate place where Kenny Pickett goes. I, I, f- I feel there's a 0% chance Malik Willis goes there. I couldn't agree more. I don't know if I would do that. For I think I would try to trade back if I'm them just to get more capital. But that I would not. I mean, if they think if they think Pickett's the guy, then I don't yeah. hate it. Yeah, fuck it. They, they, hey, they have a great team. They have a great team. I, I need to improve that O line though. They 100 percent need to improve that O line, but that front seven and that and and those those uh those wide receivers and obviously McCaffrey is special. Yeah, some other uh, possible landing spots. You got Atlanta at eight. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. with. They brought in Mariota, but that's obviously a bridge quarterback for them. Similar situation um, at 11 with the Washington Commanders, um, possibly there. Philly's got two picks after they traded with the Saints, but I think they let Jalen roll. Um, and New Orleans made that, pick, made that trade with Philly. Do you think there is a second move coming for them, or do you think they maybe hold Pat with both those picks and end up getting one guy and then taking a position player too? I, I find it really, really confusing to assess that situation because I can't tell what that move did for them or what it's going to do for them. Uh, I just don't know if you move make up. that kind of move and not have already set in stone because it's not like they leaped they left anyone who, who who's going to get a, you know, wants a potential quarterback. I, I can't tell. I, I really can't tell what it was for. I'll be completely honest with you. I, I think it was a move where they like two guys in that area. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'll be honest. I, I have no idea. I feel like just like, I can't rationalize it without it being for like a, a potential move up for another quarterback. Right, but at the same time, I like I really do like that corral fit there. Maybe they take him and at, with one of those picks, knowing he's going to be there, and that's what it was for. So they can also go get that tackle. But I guess we'll we we'll have to wait and see. I really do think that when push comes to shove, 
the quarterback's going to fall down the board a little bit, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the prop out there the line is uh, three and a half, but obviously the the uh, juiced heavy the under. It's juiced heavy yeah. the under. Yeah, juiced heavy. Yeah, I personally was That's just not. I, I, I personally was just three. about to ask if I had to give you two and a half. What do you say? Two and a half. Yeah. I guess I, I feel like 32 has a really good shot at being a quarterback. Considering they go back to back and obviously they want to secure that fifth, fifth, fifth year. And I, I kind of see it being Ritter, but. Then right, what about you? Two I and a half. He can pick it being in there. So I would probably take the over on two and a half. Two and a half. I think I would take the under assuming the under would be juiced a little bit. It would like probably one one fifty or so. I take the under. I just don't see how. I don't see how you take three quarterbacks in this first round. It doesn't make sense to me. But who the fuck knows? I guess we'll see, right? Yeah, right. I mean, the most teams ever with multiple picks, if they all pick, and then the most teams ever without a first-round pick. So somebody's moving up and somebody's moving back, probably, like, likely. So. We might see an unprecedented amount of movement in this draft, for sure. I assume we would. And, I think if we, and if we see that, we will see an unprecedented amount of move in my, in my undergarments. Okay. That's good. Good time. Good time is ever to wrap to say, it up. Is that a great time to wrap up? <laughs> all right. All right. So that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our final uh, position ranking with the quarterbacks. Got a little more insight into our top five and the guys that will likely go in the first three rounds. Come back next week. As we mentioned, we got tomorrow. a slew. Tomorrow. Not next Come week. back tomorrow. Um, we got a a slew of pods coming for you um with our prop pod our final mock pod and then we're fucking live l-i-v-e live um for the draft and you'll get all of our instant reactions to the draft and our tears of joy when joe douglas fleeces somebody and we still get cave on thibodeau um (laughs) Fellas, appreciate you. Looking forward to this final week heading to the draft. Almost there, guys. Let's go. Thursday.